0: Yeah, let's give it up to the the band for serving us there. Thank you, guys. And not too often do we get to have the worship leader of the team get to preach while the band plays. So what a great, like, visual of leadership and passing on the baton. So thank you, Joanna. God bless you as you preach. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Guys, it's so weird being on this side, but I kind of love it. It's awesome. All right, so this morning, before I get into it, I want to tell you about um, one of the absolute scariest moments of my life. Um, So my third year, picture this. It's basically this season. So how many are stressed right now? Overwhelmed with? Cool. So you're going to feel this the way I felt it. Awesome. So I had had two exams the day before, and so I'm stressed, like, so my brain's fried, And I had an exam the next morning that I had to study for. So I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to sleep early. I'm going to wake up. My like exam ritual is that I wake up at six. I study for an hour, go down for breakfast, kind of study while I eat breakfast, study until 8.30 and then let it all sink in, which is a great way to do it. Just letting you know. (laughs) Um, And so this night before I was like, okay, I'm going to set my alarm for 5.30, 5.45 and six. So that way by six, I'm ready to go and I'm up and awake and I can actually like make my brain work. And so I'm stressed, but it's okay, I'm sleeping. And then I wake up. And then, you know, in that pit of your stomach when you're like, huh, like, it's weird. Like, my alarm didn't wake me up. Like, I'm just waking up on my own. And like, it's definitely too late to be when I need to be waking up because it's light outside. That's so strange. And so I look at this clock and it says 7.52. And so in my panic, I literally freak out. I don't even know what I was wearing. Do you know that meme where it's like, if Monday were a person and it's, like, that girl who's just, like, not having the time of her life, I'm sure that that is what I looked like, like, just disheveled, like, I probably was wearing two different shoes. I grabbed this random pencil case that I found from my room. I don't even know, like, where I got it from, but I just remember, like, waving it as I'm, like, running down to the ACT building. And so I'm booking it, right, and so I'm running, and I get there, and as I, like, meet where the gym is coming to where the ACT, like, Holdcroft meets the ACT, I see Mark Spencer and Fontana walk up because we were all supposed to have breakfast together and study. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And so I look at them. I was like, guys, when do exams start? And they're like, at nine. And in my head, I thought that exams still started at eight, like classes. And so I was freaking out, but I was actually an hour early for my exam anyway. (laughs) And so that whole time, literally the rest of the day, probably the rest of the week, I literally was like shaking. Like I was like, okay, I can write this. (laughs) Anyway. It was terrible, but that was literally the most scariest moment of my life. So speaking of fear, I'm going to talk about that this morning. I'm going to talk, the title of my message is Do It Afraid. And so I've been really digging this fact that we're standing while reading the word. So can we please all stand? <laughs> okay, so First John 4. I'm going to start in verse 7 and work our way down. So, beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know... That we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we may so we have come to know and to believe that the love of God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. And then this is where we're gonna be camping out. But this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. And so Jesus, I thank you so much for the opportunity to preach. I thank you that you have given us this word and uh, I pray that at this moment your voice would become so loud and mine would become so quiet and that your word would just speak to us and transform us this morning. Amen. Okay, you guys, can sit down. (laughs) So, the first verse. By this love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. That is a tough sentence to say, just saying. So, when I was reading this, um, just a little bit of context. This verse 17, when he's saying "by this, this, this," is referring to us abiding in Christ. And so, this statement that love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. When I looked up the definition for confidence, I saw that in this context, it means free and fearless confidence. This cheerful courage, this boldness and assurance. And John here is reminding the church that they are standing with Christ, that on judgment day, they stand with him, that they, because they're abiding in him and he is abiding in them. They do not have to fear on judgment day. They can rest assured knowing that they are loved and have confidence in his love for them. It's this reminder and encouragement that the church can live boldly like Christ because they have assurance for that day. And so with this reminder and assurance given to the people, John continues um, to see what this assurance looks like. And so this, my first point, I guess, is what does this mean about fear? So 1 John 4, 18, this is where we're going to spend a lot of time, so buckle up. Uh, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So when I looked closer at this, these words, um, I, I remember thinking, like, I don't really fear, like, punishment like what am I gonna like smite me like I guess like doesn't really apply to me because I'm not scared of being spanked I don't know like (laughs) and so (laughs) i looked up different words for it and it said that it can also mean correction or penalty correction I have a hard time with I literally hate being wrong um you can talk to Brielle oftentimes she concedes because she's so gracious because she just doesn't want to fight me on it because I don't like being wrong (laughs) and so I know that all of us for different reasons probably don't like being wrong What is going on? Sorry. Um, Some of us might fear correction because of pride, because of insecurity, maybe even insignificance. But for me, I actually always struggled with this fear of rejection. And earlier this year, I was reading this book called Present Over Perfect. And if you haven't read it, it's killer. You should all read it. It's literally amazing. It'll change your life. And uh, this author is talking about how she busied herself with so many things so people wouldn't see that she's actually afraid of not being enough and busying herself with doing all these speaking engagements or writing a bajillion books or doing all these things so she actually wasn't present in the moment. And so as I was reading this, I was like, oh, ha! that's me. It's so great. I love this. Um, and I was just really hit hard. I the like, cool. That's awesome. And uh, so a little bit about myself. I grew up in ministry. Props to Heaven's Gate, Salt Slams. If you've ever heard about it, go watch it. Come on. <laughs> and so I grew up in the ministry, and I grew up in a family that we were at church literally every single day, whether it was choir, kids choir, which we called Me. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> whether it was youth or preteens or worship practice or alpha or whatever my parents were doing. We were there all the time, and uh, because we were so involved, I early on in my life got this very, like, I have a very high expectation on my life, and people see that, and every PK said amen. <laughs> and uh, even though this taught me, it taught me how to be high capacity, because I had to, I had to like live in this very busy life, it also taught me, unfortunately, that the more I do equals the more that I am, and the more full my schedule, the more capable I might seem, and so I busied myself with what I wanted people to know. And honestly, I didn't even see this as an issue until I came to Summit. I was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Cool. I just love being busy. It's awesome. It's life. It's normal. And then Gavin, Mel, and Kim so graciously uh, told me that that's not true. and <laughs> very graciously called me out. And uh, I remember thinking, oh, they just don't know me. It's fine. I'm t- Gavin, you don't understand. Like, I can do four retreats in a row. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not tired. I'm not tired. I'm not tired. I'm okay. I'm okay. Don't worry, I'm okay. Do you want me to lead you to? I'm okay. It's fine. (laughs) But then I started to kind of take their advice because they're a little smarter than I am, I guess. Um, And I realized that they were extremely right. But it really didn't hit me until this year, until I was reading this book. And then I realized the root of this issue. And so I realized that this whole time, my whole life, I've literally been terrified of people actually getting to know me. And so this thought of, okay, yeah, they see on the outside that I'm doing all these things. I'm talking to all these people. I'm getting to all these opportunities. But when they really get to know me, am I actually going to be enough for them? Am I going to be rejected because I'm not good enough? What if they realize I don't actually have everything figured out because I definitely don't? And to be honest, this is the one I struggle with a lot. What if they find out that the only thing significant about me is my voice? What if who I am is not enough? And so then I started to think about Moses and how over and over and over again, he keeps saying, you know, he's at the burning bush. And he's like, literally the Lord's like, you're mine. Come do this thing. And he's like, it's okay. I just stutter, <laughs> you know, like, oh no, like seriously, please. Like, I want you to come do this big thing. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. I can't speak eloquently enough. Like you definitely have the wrong guy. Don't you know who I am? I can't speak. Like I can't do it. And so I think too often we're like Moses, where at the root of it all, we just don't feel like we're enough. We fear that when the rubber meets the road, and we, don't, and we actually have to step out that we won't be enough. That when we actually have to step out into what God's calling us to do, into that new season of ministry or to that new calling that, oh man, like I'm actually not prepared enough. Like I, I can't do this. But the good thing is, is that you're actually literally not enough. So take encouragement that you can't do anything without the Lord. You will never be enough. None of us will. But that's the beauty of it. And perfect love casts out fear. So this definition of perfect means brought to its end, finished, and wanting nothing necessary for completeness. We cannot add to God's love to make it more perfect. There is nothing necessary to add to make it more complete. It wasn't us that made his love perfect. His love is perfected with us, but his love in itself is perfect because he is perfect. God, Like Gavin was saying, It's God is just love. It's it's who he is. It's who he embodies. He is love at its core. And it's in this perfect love that fears are cast to the side. And so the meaning of cast, I have a lot of definitions. I learned from Doug in Expos, hey, that uh, always look up the definitions. And so I literally looked up every definition, like even the word the, because I was kind of curious, honestly, like, what does that even mean? And uh, I have no answer for you. <laughs> it really doesn't, it doesn't get any better. There's no, It just tells you when to use it. So somebody who didn't know English came up. I was like, hey, Joe, like, what does that mean? I'm like, hmm, couldn't tell you, Sorry. I can tell you what cast and perfection means, but not the, sorry. And so uh, I thought this was really interesting because it says, one second. It says that the meaning of cast is to throw or let go of a thing without caring where it falls. And it's not just this like, okay, like, This is my fear. I have it. Like, I'm just going to put it right here. I know where it is, but I like, don't worry. I don't have to deal with it because it's right there. It's this idea of like when when you're driving in the car and you have this gum and gum is a part of you, like it's in you, but you're like, I don't care where it goes. You just toss it out the window. You don't care where it goes. Get rid of it. It's like that. Just cast it out with no fear. (laughs) So could you imagine what your life would look like if you chose to rest assured in God's love? Choosing to let... Go of your fear, not caring where it falls, because you know it'll fall into the hands that can work on your behalf regardless. Regardless of your fear, regardless of what you're insecure about, you can cast it away knowing that He's gonna deal with it and He's gonna cover it with His love. This doesn't mean that fear's not real. I remember thinking, I've been thinking about this for a long time, even before Gavin asked me to talk about this, this message has been in my heart for a long time, which is really cool, actually. But uh, I remember thinking, how can I tell people that their fear is valid, but suck it up? (laughs) Like, yeah, okay, you're fine, but also like, deal with it, move on, it doesn't matter. Like, it does. But uh, then I realized, you know, we live in an imperfect world, fear is definitely real, but that does not mean it should rule our lives. And that's the key, that we can have it and we know it's there, but it should not be ruling our lives. How many of you, have any of you seen Bird Box? Cool. It's a Sandra Bullock, it's really good, she's amazing. Um, Basically, if you haven't seen it, this concept of the movie is that there's like these weird creatures and they kind of embody, if you look at them, they embody like your biggest fear. So if I were to look at this thing, I'd see a bunch of snakes just running at me, like like slithering to me, like in this big ball of fear and terror and super scary. And so I would see snakes. But basically what happens is that when you see this fear, you're so overwhelmed and so overcome by this fear that you actually, you have to die. So you either like jump in front of a bus or you like off yourself, but I know it's scary But it's this thing of you're so overwhelmed by this fear that you can't actually handle it. And so they go through this whole movie blindfolded because they have to blind themselves to their fear. And there's actually these two kids who are born during this chaos and they actually are blind their whole lives to the outside world because in order to get rid of the fear, they had to get rid of all the good and all the beauty. And so they lived their lives unable to face their fears. And honestly, I saw this in my own life Um, for so long. God's funny. I was terrified of speaking (laughs) and uh, like poop my pants. I'm going to throw up in my mouth. Like I'm terrified. I can't do this. Like don't ask me. And uh, as many of you know, um, I've switched my major like one or two times and uh, just a couple times. And it's, yes, it's because I have, I'm very indecisive and have a little fear of commitment, but it's totally fine. That's another issue. Um, I actually kept switching because I knew God was calling me to be a pastor and I knew that for sure, but I did not want to take exposures. Because I knew that I would have to preach. And so I switched into youth, because at that time, I don't know if you have to take it out, but at that point you just had to youth com. So I was like, okay, I can do 10 minutes. Like, oh, that's fine. It's just like a couple jokes and a good old Bible verse. That's fine. I can do 10 minutes. And uh, so i I remember thinking, okay, well then I was like, but I don't want to be a youth pastor, like they're great, but no thank you. And so I was like, okay, well, counseling's great, and you can be a pastor with counseling, but I don't have to preach. Awesome, perfect. And then I spent a year with Mel, and you get cake all the time, which was wonderful. And so I spent a year in counseling. And then I was like, well, what am I doing? That's not what I'm called to. I'm not called to be a pastor or a counselor. I was like, I know I'm supposed to pastor. And then I actually remember talking with Mark and I was like, maybe I should be doing pastoral. And he was like, are you dumb? What do you do every single Wednesday? I was like, yeah, I should be a worship pastor. You're right. And so I go, I finally make this decision. But the funny thing is, is that in my fifth year, the Lord was calling me so hard to speak that I actually took Expos this year voluntarily. (laughs) And so I'm doing it anyway. Uh, So that was an extra year, but that's fine. (laughs) Oh, man. Because here's the thing. Something else you should know is that my entire life, especially since coming to Summit, anytime I get a prophetic word or word of encouragement literally every single time, it's, hey, we know that you're obviously called to be a worship pastor and a worship leader, but your voice is more than just for singing. And I was always kind of like, cool. No, you don't know me. Like, I I can't speak. Like, I'm not funny. Like, I just need to sing forever. And that's it. And so I was like, no, thank you. And I would literally just discredit it, like, time and time again. I remember we had this worship night, and we, I had, like, seven people speak over me and they all said the same thing. And I was like, man, that's funny. They're all wrong. (laughs) Ha ha. Like, no. (laughs) And so because of this, I was so terrified. I literally threw it to the side and I blinded myself, not just to speaking, but I blinded myself to this whole aspect of what God's calling me to and this whole aspect of my purpose and my calling because I was too afraid to actually look my fear in the face. And so like Moses, who kept discrediting himself, I almost gave up a huge part of being instrumental in what God's doing. And I'm not saying that I'm going to part the Red Sea like Moses. Like, I'm not going to go to Crescent Beach and say, come on, guys, let's go to Seattle on dry ground. Like, that's not going to happen. (laughs) I don't know. It's fine. But (laughs) if I'm honest, I let this fear rule my life for far, far too long. This summer, um, I was listening to this sermon. I don't know if any of you have heard of this lady named Halvilla Cunnington. And uh, she's this preacher from Bethel, and she was talking about how, she's literally me, she was this worship leader for years, and then she really felt this impressing on her heart that she needs to start speaking. And I was like, oh, that's weird, that's not me. Um, and uh, at one point, she's at this conference with about 6,000 people, and she wasn't leading worship, she was just helping out. And this guy said, hey, Havila, I'd really like you to tell your testimony after the worship set. And she's like, yeah, sure. Literally, like I said to Gavin, he's like, I want to preach. I was like, okay. Like, I don't know why, but I did it. Just involuntarily said yes. And so then she starts having this like full-blown panic attack. There's like snot. She's like crying. She's like doubled over. She's like, oh my God. I'm just making this things out the people. And so she's like freaking out. And her dad finds her and he's like, "Havila, what is going on? She's like, I can't do it. I am too afraid to do this. And what her dad said, he looked at her and he said, if you never look at fear as your enemy, it will ultimately defeat you. Your job is to do it afraid. And I kind of heard that, and I was like, okay. Oh, no, I have to do it afraid, don't I? (laughs) If you never see fear as your enemy, it will rule your life. Your job is to do it afraid. For so long, I had let fear rule my life. It was a part of me, just this thing that I kind of accepted, like, oh, like, other people can preach. Like, I have friends who can preach. So, like, one day, like, they'll preach. I'll lead worship. That's the way that, you know, the body, different parts, it's fine. Like, this is my part. That's not my part. And so, it was this thing that I just thought would always be there. But God was calling me to let his love actually cast out my fear. Rick Warren says that fear is a self-imposed prison that will keep you from becoming what God intends for you to be. You must move against it with the weapons of faith and love. And even if it's terrifying... Even if we have to choose to move it against it, we have to do it afraid because there's no fear in love. It doesn't belong there. There's no room for it. It doesn't have a seat. There's no place for it to hang its coat, to put its shoes. There's no room at the inn for fear. God's love is too perfect to let fear stand a chance. And so as we move on to verse 19, we love because he first loved us. What does this all mean? Um, the answer is simple. When fear is gone, what's left? It's love. So we have to love. So I'm going to read it again. We love because he first loved us. And so now I want you to guys to, can everybody put out a hand like this? Thank you. Now I want you to pretend that there is a stone in your hand. Now I want you to drop it, put it on the ground, because I don't want you to stone me when I read from the Passion Translation. <laughs> oh, I've been working on that one for a very long time. So thank you. All right, so the the Passion Translation reads it like this. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated for us. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. And I want you to think about that, that before we were born, he loved us first. Before the world was created, he loved us first. He loved us before we could even second guess if we were enough, He loved us before we could even put fear in place of that love. He loved us first. And it's with this knowledge that he first demonstrated love that we can go out and love others. We can love ourselves better. We can love others better. We can love God better. And we need to remember that this isn't just about us. God is calling us. There's so many different people in here that God is calling us to different ministries, different places, different people. And you can't let your fear get in the way. You have to let your love and his love for the people he's calling you to cast out that fear. Sometimes I wonder um, how different our lives would be if we actually like knew we were loved. And I know we say that all the time. Like, oh, I wonder what it'd be like. But really, like, if we truly knew that nothing could take away the love of Jesus, how would we live? I think we would walk a little taller. When you know, like, when you got a crush and you're like, ooh, he cute. And you're like, Oh, he likes me. So you like, walk a little taller? Because you're like, yeah, somebody likes me. I'm cool. And so like, you walk a little more confidently. You're a little more bold. <laughs> so like that, obviously, in a much grander way. The Lord loves us. Um, I think we would be walk a little taller. We would be more confident. We'd take more risks. We'd rest more easily. We would love more boldly. <laughs> and like I said, I know that as Bible college students, we hear about this a lot. <clears throat> We learn about this a lot. But honestly, on this side of heaven, we're never going to understand the full extent of his love. And so let me just give you a few reminders of it. Romans 5, 8. But God chose his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Psalm one thirty six twenty six Give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. Ephesians 2, 4 to 5. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love that... With which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made, al- made us alive together with Christ. First John 4:16. and so we know and we rely on the love of God that He has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. John 3:16, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans 8:38 to 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that Christ Jesus our Lord. For I am convinced that not my fear of failure nor my fear of rejection will separate me from the love of God. For I am convinced that not your fear of insignificance or your fear of change will separate you from the love of God. For I am convinced that not your fear of not being good enough, it cannot separate you from the love of God. I'm convinced that not your fear of stepping out into a new season will separate you from the love of God. For I am convinced that his perfect love will cast out all fear. I am convinced that his perfect love for the people he's calling you to will cast out your fear of failing them. I am convinced that there is no fear in his love And I am convinced of a perfect love of Christ. Are you convinced this morning? Do you really, really believe that? Do you believe that you have this assurance and confidence in his love? Are you convinced that his love casts out every single one of your fears? Do you live knowing that you have the capability of loving people because he loved you first? Do you know and do you look at what you're scared of and choose to do it afraid anyway because you know his love's going to cover it? I want to read you something from my journal. Super cute. Hey, my mom got it for me. Screen. Um, it's from 2014. So excuse the angst. I was 19. Um, that's fine. And, uh, this is in my gap year. So this was right after high school and right before I came to summit. And, uh, if you didn't know, I came to summit like literally a week before school started again, the indecisive thing. It's fine. Um, but, uh, I was in this place of not really knowing what was going on and I knew that something had to change, but I wasn't sure what that was. And so here it is. I said, honestly, I don't know where to start. I feel like I don't belong here. Even in my own home, I feel like I'm constantly waiting to hear from you, but you stay silent. I used to be so sure And now I have no idea. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life, but I feel like I have this huge ball of greatness inside me just waiting to burst out. I know you're calling me to it, and it's wonderful and amazing, but I don't know what to do. But God, I know that you love me. And God, I know that you're with me. And I know that you're for me. And so I'm not reading this to say, oh, look how awesome I was at 19. I had it all figured out. But to say that, In this tension of, I have no idea what's supposed to happen next, I knew that regardless, he loved me. And that is what I was sure about. That my fear of flying across the country on a whim, his love canceled that fear out, and it casted to the side, not caring where it fell. I knew that my fear of leaving my entire family... And everything that I've ever known was so evident. It was going to cast out that fear. I knew that his love was going to carry me when I didn't know anybody here. I kind of knew Annie Lynn, like barely. We went to the same camp, but that's about it. Like, I was so scared to move across the country into this new season that I had honestly just decided that last week, but I knew, I knew he loved me, and that is what pushes us. When we know we're loved, when we really understand that assurance that we abide in Jesus and that we abide in his love and he abides in us, it's that love that we can walk out in. It's that love that calls us to confidence. And so, in this love, we can choose to do it afraid. We don't have to let fear rule our lives. In this love, we can do it afraid and we can do it loved. We can look at this, look at look at preaching and say, you know what? It's terrifying, but I'm going to do it anyway because I know you're calling me to it and I know that you love me. And so I want to end by um, asking you guys to be bold as well. And I know that we're all going into different seasons. Some of us are graduating. Some of us know what we're doing. Some of us don't. Some of us are going into internships. Some of us are moving, some of us don't know, and there can be a lot of fear and a lot of insecurity and insignificance in that. And so I'm gonna ask you to be bold. If that is you, if you feel like you're going into this season of uncertainty and you're kind of afraid of it, I'm actually gonna ask you to stand up. Awesome. And so if you're around them, do you wanna just put a hand on them and then I'm gonna pray. Awesome. Jesus, Jesus, I thank you for your perfect, perfect love. Jesus, I thank you that your perfect love casts out every single fear we have, whether it's about us, whether it's about others. Jesus, that every single fear is cast out by your love, that you carry us, that you call us to new things. God, I pray in these next seasons that could be a little more frightening, I pray that we experience new gifts, that you would call us to new things, that you would call us to higher things, that greater things will be done. God, that we would be able to walk out in the confidence and the assurance that we stand with you. Lord, would you cast out every fear with your perfect love? Would we have cheerful boldness and cheerful courage and fearless confidence to walk out and do things afraid? God, would we do it afraid? Jesus, we thank you for everything that you're going to do for who you are. We love you so much. Amen. Go to lunch.